everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Lila Myers. Hello, everyone. Hope you're having a great day. Lila, I am so glad you're here. We just met this morning, and I would love for you to share just a tiny bit about how you came to know the Lord and then fast forward what's going on in your life today. Yeah, so I grew up in a great family, went to church most Sundays, learned all the Bible stories, but honestly, never understood God's character or that He wanted a relationship with me or Mm. what His grace was. And um, fast forward to about high school, you know, living here in the South, uh, interact with a lot of Christians, and sure. unfortunately had some bad experiences, some with some people from that were pretty high up in a popular church in my area, and really just was pushed away from the church, mm. partially by my judgment and not understanding God's character and place for people in the church, but just really felt like, you know, this isn't something I want to be a part of. And because I didn't know the Lord and didn't know like, hey, that's why the I should relationship. be. relationship, right. Exactly. Like that's why I should be in church to chase after him and draw near to him. I just decided through college and through my 20s, like, you know, I'm not rejecting God, but like, honestly, I just kind of chose to not care. Hmm. And I just lived life. And to be honest, like my life was good. I graduated, had good jobs, had friends, families, enjoyed partying and doing all the things. Right. But sadly, it didn't bring me a whole lot of joy. And I felt like my heart was hardening and becoming Mm. more jaded. And long story short, one day um, for my my New Year's resolution in 2013, I did feel a sense of brokenness. And I actually told my boyfriend, now husband, at the time, you know, I don't know why I'm not happy, but I'm not. Mm. And I feel like I've tried all the things. And maybe I didn't get this— you know, Jesus thing, right? And so for my New Year's resolution, I decided I was going to go to this church that some friends had randomly, I'm sure somewhat um, intentionally <laughs> recommended. Yeah, I recommended a few months earlier and decided to go with them. My now husband at the time was not raised in the church at all. And I was like, you know, I just want to let you know if I have to leave the bar early on Saturday night so I can wake up on Sunday morning, <laughs> I don't want you to be upset with me. Yeah. And also, I'm not going to invite you to church every Sunday. So if you want to come, come. But like you were, it, you were playing it really cool. Yeah. And I and I truly, not that I didn't care, but I was like, this is a me thing. I don't even know what's yeah, going to come You didn't know this. what you didn't know. Yeah. Anyway, he was really sweet and came with me. And the Lord quickly worked on our hearts because he was experiencing some really tough times at that time as well. And uh, I truly believe watching my husband start to transform was the first miracle I ever witnessed. And the Lord used that to grow my faith and say, hey, I really am God. Mm-hmm. And so why don't you lean into me a bit and draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And he has, and it's been a wild, amazing ride. And uh, we're now married, and we have two kids and a cute dog. So fun. Yeah. And so— it's been- You serve in? Yes. So I serve in Reclaim, which is Watermark's anti-sex trafficking ministry here. Uh, we have a few different focuses. So we have teams that focus on street outreach, interacting with ladies who are being exploited through prostitution, uh, strip club outreach, cyber patrol, which is a group wow. of men who interact with uh, men who are trying to purchase women— share the gospel with them, and try to get them thinking a little. We also have an awareness and education team that hosts our Roots Bible Study, which is a biblical perspective on fighting sex trafficking. Mm. And then we have our Safe House team, which is actually the team that I'm on and and um, am over. We have two different teams that support our Safe House partnership, which is with Refuge for Women. Uh, so neat. Yeah. We'll put the link for Reclaimed in the episode description. If anybody listening is interested in more information or you want to jump in and serve, it's I mean, I didn't even know you guys were doing all of that. So, yeah, so cool. I wish really is. I wish we could talk about it more. But today, we're in 1 Samuel 15. 
And I'd just ask you, Lila, would you set up this chapter for us? What are we looking at? Yeah, well, there's a lot to unpack, but <laughs> totally so much I could talk about. But basically, King Saul, God has told him, hey, I need you to completely annihilate the Amalekites. And that means all the people, all the cattle. And uh, Saul, who has a reputation of um, not fully obeying the Lord and being dishonest. Totally. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> tough. It's tough for me sometimes too, but yeah, you know. It's I, relatable. Yes, exactly. But he doesn't. He spares the king and he spares the cattle because he's greedy. And so the the Lord says, hey, um, you know, I regret making you king, mm-hmm. which I think can be a tricky thing to interpret. It right. There. So yeah, that's, what, that's where we're at. That's, that's where we are. And I think there's really two challenges, two big challenges in this passage. One being God saying, I regret making you king, and the other being this command to wipe out everybody. Which one do you want to start with? Well, let's talk about him regretting making Because him. I think that's confusing. Okay. Um, because I know when I first started reading the Bible— well, first of all, I wouldn't have probably even noticed something like that and thought, hmm, why did why is a God personified and like this word regret? Like mm-hmm. how can God regret something sure. when he's the Alpha and Omega? He's outside of time. He doesn't he's, change. Yeah. He's written our stories. Like how can he regret like a decision he made basically, right. I guess. But, you know, I think it's really important when we're looking at scripture. Um, well, first of all, if you're early on in your reading and things don't even make sense to you, <laughs> I'm speaking from experience, <laughs> like this is where you need to be. Like plug in to join the journey, plug into, um, you know, Bible study and dig in with some people who can help you understand mm-hmm. better because it can be very confusing. But the more you study it, the more you can connect the dots and get excited about it. And and the spirit will help you understand it. it I promise you, I am living proof. Absolutely. So I think we also need to remember that the that the Bible is written for people to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, it is God wants to communicate with yes. people. And so sometimes just like when we communicate with children, we have to use verbiage that they can understand. I think that's when we see things like God regretting. It's just like we can't fully understand how God would function. So this is the closest way he can describe it to mm. us. And so I don't think he regrets, he can't regret the circumstances that Saul was in or that he ever made him king. What he regrets is that Saul chose not to obey him, and that breaks his heart, and that disappoints him. Totally. So maybe the word disappoint might be easier More to understand. More helpful, yeah. I mean, the big question raised here is, does God change? And whenever we come across an interpretive challenge like this, good Bible study method would always have us let Scripture interpret Scripture. In verse 11, we read that God regretted Saul. The question's raised, does God change his mind? But when we zoom out and look at the Bible as a whole, we see that God is immutable. That's a fancy word expressing that he never changes, immutable. And later on in this chapter, specifically in verse 29, we read, And also the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret, for he is not a man that he should have regret. And so it could appear that God is contradicting himself. In verse 11, he regretted making Saul, but in 29, we read that God cannot regret. Well, one commentator puts it like this. God regretted that he had made Saul because of Saul's actions, not because God felt he had made a mistake in calling Saul. Saul's failure to follow God faithfully also broke Samuel's heart. The disobedience of leaders always grieves the hearts of God's faithful servants. I think that's really helpful. We could camp out there all day, but what else do you see in this passage? 
So I'm going to be really honest. When I first read this passage, it hit me hard because there was part of me that was like, oh, like God is telling King Saul to completely annihilate a people group. Like that doesn't really settle well with me. That doesn't sound very good. (laughs) I'm not really pro that kind of thing. But because I do know the Lord's character and have been reading his word for a while now, I thought, well, this is certainly something I need to dig into and learn more about because I know that there's not one ounce of God that is evil and everything he does comes from a place of love. And so I dug into it more and I was reminded that the Amalekites were the first people to attack the Israelites when they Mm. came into the promised land. And for hundreds of years, I think it's about 300 years by the time we read this passage, they've been terrorizing the Israelites. And additionally, although they had plenty of time to repent and come to the Lord, they were just evil, vile people. Mm. And so back in Deuteronomy, God actually says that he will allow the Israelites to blot them out from the earth, so completely annihilate them. And I thought, oh, okay. So there we have a promise. And I know that God fulfills his promises. So now I'm on this like whole literary journey, like, well, okay, let's follow this. What's What's he going to do? Yeah. And so, um, so, you know, we see other times when the Israelites fight the Amalekites and sometimes it goes well. And then we settle here in 1 Samuel 15 and we see that it, you know, it doesn't go well because Saul isn't obedient. But when, but then I later found out that in 1 Chronicles, like they are officially blotted out. Mm. And, and so that was really exciting to me because I was like, yay, (laughs) fulfilled this promise. You know, I wasn't shocked, but I Mm -hmm. I just love seeing that come full circle. But what do you do with this command? Like, wipe out this entire people group. God does it and like we can celebrate it. But the flip side of that coin is that feels dark. Yeah. And it does. But I think what it reminds me is that God hates injustice. Mm. His heart breaks over evil. And I think we live in a world, well actually, I know we live in a mm-hmm. world that has a lot of injustice and we're all affected by it differently. For you know, for myself, having an opportunity to fight sex trafficking. I mean, that's a huge injustice. It's some of the darkest things I think ex- mm-hmm. that exist in this world. But knowing that God sees us, he sees our pain, he cares about, he cares about his chosen people. He promised he would free them from the Amalekites and he did. Mm. But also understanding that God's timeline can be very different than our own. You know, we're just a little blip here on earth and then there's a whole eternity. Right. And so I think sometimes we also need to have patience. Like it took hundreds of years for the Amalekites mm-hmm. to be blotted out. But but I just felt really seen. How does this intersect with you? Yeah. So I felt seen because besides fighting injustice through fighting sex trafficking, um, my family history, uh, my grandmother's a Holocaust survivor. And so her whole family was murdered in the Holocaust, and she's a survivor of Auschwitz. Yeah, she's my hero. Um, But that's a lot. You know, that's a big burden. Heavy, exactly. And when I read this passage, it just reminded me that God sees that, and He will take justice on those who deserve it. Mm -hmm. But I also think we need to be cheerleaders. We need to want people to repent and come to him, whether they're traffickers or whether they're people who have done whatever they've done. And I have a story about that, actually. um, A neo-Nazi, a former neo-Nazi 
learn about my family's history and apologize to my mom. Oh, wow. And like, that is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And we need to celebrate that. We need to want that transformation and see people, you know, become part of the light and and making this world a better place and chasing after Jesus. Mm -hmm. But for those who don't, we know that the Lord will handle that. And so I think that can give us a peace that can kind of surpass all understanding. I love that from Philippians, you know, just let that wash over you and knowing that God sees you and and he will handle that. Mm -hmm. He's not okay with it. There's a level to which, as Isaiah 55, 9 says, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His way is higher than our ways. We can't always understand why he waits to enact justice or why he seems like he may in this in this chapter, at first glance at least, seem seem harsh to enact such strict justice. But at the end of the day, we can trust that his heart is good and that he's for justice uh, and that he loves all people. Whether they're an Amalekite or a Nazi, he wants them to to walk rightly and, and to know what's best. So, Lila, thank you for being here and, and sharing not only your personal study of the Word, but also your life with us. Um, thanks think for I'd, having me. Absolutely. Yeah, and thanks for doing what you're doing. I really appreciate it. Oh, you are so welcome. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.